Kenyan journalists I have spoken to have opined that accessing information, especially from government offices, has somehow proved to be an uphill task. I mean, I, Henik Sobuchunju, is a journalist. The story I'm working on at the moment is just but a good example. Calls unanswered. Texts, same case. Emails, wow, don't even mention. I spoke to a few of my colleagues in the industry whose stories are not different from mine. My name is Josiah Odanga and this is my third year as a practicing journalist here in Kenya. My experience is that uh, most government officials or people in public offices do not always want uh, journalists to access information in their custody. Reason, they think that uh, journalists are enemies and people who are out there to sabotage. I think it is wrong for these people to deny us information, um, uh, though we don't always force them to give us. If they refuse, we have other means of accessing this information. But the truth will always come out, even if the information, we are denied access to such information. Denial of information would... Uh, be interpreted to mean that there is something fishy. So it's better to let journalists tell such stories by allowing them access. There is information I have been asked, looking for <laughs> from one of the government institutions since November 2020. And uh, it, it took me a lot of time, a lot of uh, writings, and a lot of making several calls just to get this information. And uh, you won't believe it that after all that <laughs> time requesting for same information that uh, would have not really taken long, depending with the feedback that I got, I got in, uh, uh, in February, mid-February, February 2021, it was linking me to a website that I was to read information from. So my questions were not answered. Time that was taken to respond to this question, to this idea, or rather to direct me to a website that I am to go read and look for this information uh, was not really worth. So you see, from November 2020, 2020 looking for particular information, then I given a feedback in mid-February 2021 that is also taking me to a website that I'm just going, I'm still going to look for information and then I still end up not getting the information that is answering questions that I had asked to. So majority of journalists, including I, will have to admit that it's actually difficult to report on public spending, especially if it involves the national government or the counties. So, uh, giving my most recent example, uh, I was trying to report on COVID-19 and I realized that most of the information either goes missing or it's not published. So, if you're looking at the tendering process, an example, you find that the tender was advertised, but you don't find the information on who was awarded the tender. So, it's hard to understand what was procured and how much was spent on what item. And this is how public funds actually go missing, because unless the Auditor General decides to open the can of worms, like what happened with the Kemsa scandal, then that information is not publicly available to anyone who wants to access it. So my conclusion is that according to Article 35 of the Constitution of Kenya, that every citizen has the right to access information held by the state and that the state shall publish and publicize any information affecting the nation, I think it's time to actually turn this writing into reality. Uh, last year, I was uh, following up on a story uh, pertaining uh, protection of children against violence uh, during the pandemic. But getting the Ministry of Labor and Social Protection take on the matter 
took me almost four months. You can imagine going for f almost four months just to get them to agree to talk about the matter. Like it was so sick for me. It is against this backdrop that an organization in Kenya has stepped in to bridge the information gap. It is my hope that any journalist who listens to this podcast will have an idea on where to access information. My name is Caroline Uyugi. I'm the managing editor of Rogue Kenya. Rogue Kenya in full is uh, reporting on good governance in Kenya. It is a project by the DW Academy, which is the Dishuel Academy. And uh, Dushuela Academy is a branch of the bigger Dushuela Media House in Germany. Mm -hmm. Kenya is a consortium of five organizations. Uh, Dushuela Academy, which is uh, the leading organization and uh, funding it and all that. But then in Kenya, we have the Transparency International Kenya, the Kenya Correspondent Association, Creco and Article 19. Uh, so Rogue Kenya is uh, was started when Dushuel uh, Academy was conducting their trainings around Kenya. Mm -hmm. They mostly concentrate on Western Kenya where they train radio uh, journalists and uh, the uni universities in Western part of Kenya, that is Maseno and Masindemuliro universities, the ones that have radio stations. So in the process of training radio journalists, they realized that there was a gap between uh, training and now delivery of the real article, the real stories, mm -hmm. when now they have to do it. And the problem was access to resources. So here is a journalist who's been trained that this is how you're supposed to write on corruption, for example, or governance. True. But this person is based somewhere in the village with no uh, no much resources like uh, internet and, uh, and uh, even just basic access to computer and all that. So this person really needs uh, their work to be made easy so that they can write a detailed article or report on a better story. Mm -hmm. So what Rogue Kenya does is it's a one-stop shop for journalists who have uh, such type of journalists. So what we do is, first, we give a hint on what should be reported at some particular period of time. And this is uh, uh, on issues that have a calendar. Then we keep reminding them that this is where we are with the calendar. For example, with the budgeting. Sure. We have a very defined budget that says this is the time when, the, uh, let's say, the national government, government should be doing this. This is the time when money should be released. This is the time when the county should have done this. So, for example, we'll come and remind you that, uh, look here, uh, at this time, the county should have released a report on how they have spent their money, uh, maybe for public participation or something like that. Has your county done that? So already you're giving this journalist an idea that, okay, this is what I should do. Because journalists are busy people and they are following up on very many different things. Mm. So it's easy for such things to slip their minds. So once you create that uh, in their head, then uh, in our toolkit, we will now give you information. Because maybe we, had al we have already, not even maybe, we already have that calendar. We already have a lot of information about it. So we'll direct you to where you can read more about this topic that you want to talk about. Then we have uh, links to external documents that tell tells you more about that. For example, uh, maybe a previous budget, just to find the figures that are involved. 
the constitution, for example, or any other relevant document that you think is necessary for you to uh, to run this story. Sure. After that, we have uh, a part you call what journalists should do. So this is where you, the journalists should ask themselves that, okay, I've got all this information, what should I do with it? Then it's almost like a, like an assignment. So we'll tell you, uh, do this, let's say, go to the county assembly, ask the speaker for this document to find out about it, go to, uh, if there's a project that has been mentioned that was funded, follow it up and find out if money was really spent on that, Mm -hmm. or was it not spent, or things like that. Caroline, is uh, good governance an uh, area on its own, or a topic on its own, less attractive to journalists? based on your experience with Rock Kenya? It's, it's, uh, it's very hard to put, to put it... Uh, it's not black and white. True. It is attractive and it is not attractive. <laughs> because uh, every day you wake up, you'll find a journalist talking about a story that touches on governance. And uh, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like complaining about something that government promised to do, but they did not do. Government did not deliver and all that. So it is attractive. But now again, it is not attractive because of the way it is delivered. This is something that you have seen and you would want to talk about it, but the journalists will end up covering it very shallowly, uh, not giving uh, the the audience the details that they need, such that at the end of the day you read the article and you ask yourself, okay, this is what has happened, so what? What do I do with this information? So what Kenya is trying to do is to provide resources that makes it attractive for journalists to talk about these topics and to cover them because we have uh, shortened their their work by bringing them the information that they need. So our our aim is to encourage journalists to talk more about good governance and uh, issues of corruption. Yes. Any case study of a story perhaps you read on paper or, or saw on TV that you felt the journalist handling the story never did justice to the story and perhaps they would have come to Rokenya website just to fact check or <laughs> check with the documents that were there? Yes, there are many. <laughs> Maybe one or two. Uh, I wouldn't put people on the spot, but they're there. It's okay. Yes. Uh, but they're also... Uh, ones that we have seen that they've used through Kenya and we, we think they did well. And maybe I would mention these, uh, when Corona just started and uh, we realized that uh, people were keeping up of hospitals, we ran uh, a guide on that in, on, and uh, our writer went to Shalom Hospital in Athi River and uh, he talked to the management there and then he he gave, brought the picture up of how people are people are avoiding hospitals. Mm-hmm. So ours was a guide. A few days later, there was an article on Family TV, and it was like a twins. You could feel like the difference was that uh, ours was print and theirs was TV, like a TV piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also ran. Uh, a guide on uh, climate change, on how uh, the president has not given it the importance that it deserves, and they have not sat down and allocated the money and all that. It's on our site. And a few days later, it was in 
one of the big radio st- TV stations, mm. and uh, there was a panel discussing it. And uh, without mentioning that this was on Rock Kenya, you could clearly tell that this is Rock Kenya work. Mm-hmm. But I must also mention that uh, Rock Kenya is not really interested in being acknowledged whenever or being given credit but why? for what they have done. <laughs> Our, we are satisfied when we feel that something that was not well covered before is now being covered deeper and better. And uh, there are journalists who are gracious enough to mention that the, we got this information from Rock Kenya. They will even say uh, from the comment section after the article, you will see someone uh, has indicated that thank you very much for this information. I've been looking for it and it has improved the way I, I report now. This is information that I've been looking for for long. So you, you will see the, that comment after our article. Mm-hmm. So And we appreciate those ones. It, but we also appreciate those who use it without mentioning it. Right. Yeah. Do you feel there are gaps in the current media landscape on how journalists approach good governance? There are. Uh, of, uh, recently, I realized that uh, we are trying to get, we are getting it right nowadays with the budget. People take time, and like before, when people would, uh, when journalists would just concentrate on what was read on on the D-Day and all that. Mm-hmm. But we realize that there's a trend nowadays that even before the budget is read, it's like they prepare the audience for that. And uh, the good part of it is they make the audience feel feel the budget. They can relate it to, to them. And even a common manainchi would understand that if they say this percentage would increase, this is what it means to me. It means when I go buying something, mm-hmm. this is, uh, for example, my my wunga will have increased by 10 shillings true, true. and all that. That never used to happen before. It was a very rushed thing. And uh, so for me, I think that is an area that uh, is well done nowadays, although there's always room for improvement. And the governance part, again, I feel like uh, generally, journalists are more... Maybe because of maybe free, there's more freedom of expression, journalists are more bold and uh, easily mention names when things happen. But the flip side of it is again, it is we have a problem with follow-ups. Mm. Today you will wake up and there's this big scandal of so and so did this and that and that and that and it's such a mind-boggling uh, story in the amount of money that was used mm-hmm. and so you would expect that it will be followed to the end. Mm-hmm. But as soon as this, the article, you finish reading the article or the item on TV or radio is done, it dies with that. And tomorrow we have another one. Seemingly journalists. And tomorrow we have another <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> and follow-ups. And uh, again, the follow-ups will be, I think it's also lack of resources. True. Journalists don't find it uh, very attractive to keep following up on things because, again, follow-ups are also not cheap. They take time, they take resources, and all that. And most institutions or offices that are supposed to provide such information also have a lot of bureaucracy. For example, where there was corruption and the, let's say the case is in court and you have to follow it through court or with the police and all that, they'll keep mm-hmm. dodging you and True. you will, at the end of the day, you'll be discouraged and leave it. Yes. Caroline, we have journalists in Kenya who have met 
who just want to specialize on good governance reporting have you identified these people are you or are you willing to mentor such people yes there are there and that has really improved the way uh, good governance is uh, reported because you know when you specialize then you, you almost become an expert to it and you be, it's it's now easy to do it and all that yes they are there there are uh, journalists who've approached us and uh, they would want like to be mentored and uh, i think this this year we'll we are thinking of how to do it corona really slowed down True. many things True. but it's something that you're considering and we'll see how we'll do it okay yes I would want you to mention something on access to information Lynn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting back to you again. Yes, yes. Access to information. It has proved to be futile for many journalists mm-hmm. who have, have interacted with it mm-hmm. because you see there is something that is on paper already mm-hmm. but uh, government officials tend to ignore the fact that uh, the constitution has laid a foundation on that. So where is the problem? Are journalists not willing to pursue further or is it just uh, something we need to reevaluate ourselves and maybe say no if somebody doesn't do it this way we have to punish them. Access to information actually works. It is not just on paper. The problem now is the process. Process is uh, tiring and discouraging. So unless someone really has interest on a specific information then they will have that patience and uh, let's say be willing to to use their resources and mm. time to get the information but we all know the nature of journalism in Kenya True. very few people are uh, specialized specializing on specific topics uh one and uh, if you, if you see a journalist's diary on how they spend their day you'll realize that, that let's say in the morning you've been assigned to cover a political rally True. Then in the afternoon, you're covering a business story. And uh, whatever time you're doing, so you're a jack of all trades. So when you start pursuing a story that that needs you to get information and you don't get it, and now you're forced to apply the access to information uh, law, mm. then you, they, people get discouraged along the way. The, prob- the, the deal here is patience and wow. following, <laughs> following it all through. Another thing is government officials have taken advantage of this situation because they are not uh, always willing as much as it's public information they are not always willing to give it out mm-hmm. and uh, it's almost like they're testing you mm-hmm. if you go and ask for the information and then they're delay dialing they they somehow expect you to be discouraged and stop it there but if you go ahead In some instances even if you just mention that you're going to apply that law then they will give you the information you want mm-hmm. but in a case where you are now forced to use it if you follow it through to the end you get the information so what would you advise them to do first you don't have to apply uh, the access to information law every now and then True. but where the government officials uh, or the public office has denied you the information then that is now when you are supposed to apply it mm-hmm. it is applied uh, in writing you have to there's a form that you have to fill and you have to give the details of what you want and there's a time you're given a time frame of when you will get the information so now it's for you to wait for it as we finish roughly how many journalists or how many people come to the website now 
that you are editor and you have the powers to <laughs> identify your look. Today there were ten visits, twenty visits. Would you roughly mention? Let me see. Monthly we have uh, around six thousand. Oh. Yes, we have around six thousand, and uh, our target is Kenyan journalists. But with time, we've seen a growth in a number of countries that view our our sites. Well, see you on the next episode. My name is Henix Obuchunju.